Welcome, everybody. We are back. This is The Grit Show. As always, homeboy Tyrell Gray is with me, and I am pumped about the guest we have today, not only because he's a stud and a friend of mine, but because, pay attention, this dude is going to change the world. In fact, he, in fact he changed my life, and um, I'm so grateful that there's people out there like this, and, and we're just going to dive right into it. I want to introduce you guys to a good friend of mine. His name's John Hatch, Dr. John Hatch, good friend John. How are you, brother? I'm doing so good. I'm so stoked to be here. Man, thanks for joining us. I'm I'm excited about this. Like this is something I think Thank a you. lot of people think is not unfixable. Some of the stuff we're going to yep. talk about, and and you've been able to prove that that's not true, which is yep. crazy, absolutely revolutionary. Okay, so I'm going to give a little background on on how I got to meet John and um, kind of the role that he's played in my life, and then I'm going to turn it over to him, and he's just going to kind of share what's happening. So it's kind of common knowledge at this point. If you're following my journey and watch this show, you know that we did 100 consecutive full distance triathlons and John had a front row seat to that. And John's a runner himself and he works on athletes and and the connection between the brain and the pain and function and trauma and concussions and all these things. And he was watching from the outside looking in and watching the suffering that was taking place. And he kept saying to himself, I can help this man, but I don't want to step on anybody's toes. And he's in the middle of chaos and he's in the middle of confusion. And then fast forward to the conclusion of it. Thankfully, I didn't die. And, um, and it was close. It was close. There was times. There was times. Yeah, we, we was touch and go. And, and then there was uh, that, that four mile fun run that um, Sonny and I did that many years ago. Um, we, we do it as a family every single year. And I was running this and this, this bald, super excited, charismatic dude runs up to me as excited as can be and i feel bad because i should remember that i met him multiple times on the 100 no clue ran with his kids took pictures everything again no clue and this is going to be relevant because of the brain trauma and issues that we're having anyways at that race he says it's november he says james i've been watching you suffer i know you've got back pain i can stop you feeling pain and i said no that's not possible and he's like no 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 I can have you running pain-free again. I'm like, I'll never run pain-free again in my life. I'm like, I've done a lot of damage. I'm broken. And he's like, no, that's not true. I can rewire your brain so that you don't feel any pain. And I I flat out didn't believe him. I kind of like. Well, and just to get perspective, I know everybody's heard the story at this point, but this is something I looked up because I wanted to know the facts. You have done, you've gone more miles on your feet since you did the first half Ironman, I bet you don't know this stat. I, I probably don't know this stat. You've done more miles on your feet through the 100 than most people will go through if they lived till they were 120. Oh. So that's, that's a huge number. So there's some major damage on your body. Yeah, for sure. And those are averages, obviously, but yeah. the amount of distance you covered, the running, the biking, like that's jarring. Like and I fully expected after the 100 that I would never run again. Uh, I, I was just in so much pain with the, with the broken L5 and my shins and everything that was going on i just it was so painful to run and so i kind of brushed john off at the thing saying yeah i'll text you this is amazing and it was like you're the girl that wants to get in touch <laughs> with the jockey and i'm not interested <laughs> i'm totally plain and anyways i took i took his phone number down just to be kind um I, i'm totally joking but i took his number down and with full intent to call him because i was like hey if this guy's got something that can really help me i'm i'm interested because i'm in a lot of pain i'm not functioning properly there's obviously something wrong with my brain and anyways, um, I got home and my brain didn't work properly and I forgot his name and I couldn't find his number and a full year goes by. 
And multiple times I would go through my phone. I was trying to connect the dots on who that was. What's the number? Thanksgiving comes around again, same four mile fun run. And he's like, James, I can help you. And I gave him a big hug. And I said, we are making the appointment right now. And I'm coming in and I'm so grateful I did. I'm so grateful he was persistent um, and had the knowledge that he could help me because it did change my life. And um, John, I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn the time over to you. And I kind of want you to walk through, introduce yourself first. And then kind of walk through what you were experiencing and the perspective that you had watching it. Um, And then kind of, you know, we'll get into the brain scans that I had and how amazing they were, right? Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You should see his face. I know. Off the the chart. It was off the chart. I I believe. Basically Einstein. Yeah. I believe he used the word atrocious. And so (laughs) we're going to get into that. So, John, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tyrell and I are just going to kick back and, and try to try to grasp what you do and how you do it. But I'm just, again, so grateful to have you on the show. Everybody, John Hatch. Thanks again. I've been the biggest fan. I was that little girl that wanted to do it. <laughs> like that's actually spot on me. My boys were like, Dad, you, your biggest hero is Iron Cowboy. And I'm like, yeah, arguably. He's done something nobody else has ever done. And as I watched, I mean, I, there wasn't a day that I was on the Instagram thread watching the, the, the event. And I started noticing, I think it was day nine, or 11, you already started to be having to walk the marathon versus run the marathon because of the swelling in your legs. And I was like, okay, I'm a doctor that specializes in brain rehabilitation. So I look at everything from a brain standpoint. So if your legs are swelling, your brain is doing that. That's not just the local tissue, right? And so I'm watching everyone care for you, right? Massage and uh, lasers and red lights and hyperbarics and everything. And I'm like, Walking is a graviceptual thing. It is a graviceptual thing more than anything else. And we can put stress on our body. Can you you define the word graviceptual? Graviceptual, yes. So inside your ear, you have five little organs on both sides. So you have three canals that work with angular rotation, which is just like a pilot. So it's like pitch, yaw, roll, and tilt. And this is what allows you to just run around and be you. And then you have two little organs uh, that make up, that's the five total, the three canals and the two otoliths. And they have two on each side and they do translation and lateral translation and bob and up. So it's translation and rotation. And they're literally smaller than your pinky. Backward motion. Yeah, they're smaller than your pinky nail. And so when I'm watching you jog and then all of a sudden you can't jog, you have to walk. I'm like, okay, so why does he get no swelling on the bike? Right. And everyone's like, oh, that's compacting. It's all about the compaction on his knees. It's all the compaction on his joints. And I'm like, no, that can't be the case because we walk through, right? As as Ty said, like some people can go to their hundreds and not have joint uh, replacements and their bodies can take it. So why can't others? Why is everyone so different? Some people have knee replacements, hip replacements, ankle replacements. And I started looking at how the brain handles gravity. And they're reflexive. It's the only constant in life is how our brain adapts to gravity. And being a big triathlete fan myself, I follow some of the pros and they get in a bike accident because people love hitting bikers, right? (laughs) Or you get in a group and someone hits it. It's like, whoa, biker, right? Like it's like a fun thing, I guess. But then these athletes all of a sudden aren't competing at their highest level. But why is it that the marathon runner who never gets hit by a car keeps running why is like Elliot Kachopi 
literally laying down his fastest PRs at age 38, right? I, I yeah, actually thought that as we get older, we get worse. Nope. It's because how his brain handles gravity, which is what allows him to go. Now, I still think I can actually make his brain break that two-hour marker because I know in every variable, there's still a breakdown. I've worked with some of the top NCAA track, 100-yard dashes, 200-yard dashes, marathoners. And if you can get the body to recalibrate gravity, this little receptor in the ear is the only receptor. Everything we learn in the body is sensory in, motor out. The ear is the only one that has sensory in and sensory out. It has a motor out, but it also has a sensory out. So it's constantly recalibrating. So every trauma, recalibration. Every trauma, recalibration. And over time, that adaptation goes to a survival mode. It's why your brain will do whatever it takes to survive. So no matter how bad James's mental toughness wanted him to run, his body was like, hell no, you're not doing it. I won't allow you that. It's why a marathon runner like 100 yards before the uh, thing just starts collapsing. And you're like, dude, it's 100 yards. Just literally mentally push yourself through that. Why can't they do that? That's because of you hit a tipping point of where your brain and gravity cannot take that much stress at one time and it breaks. So it's almost like a, like maybe like a fell switch for your brain. Like the brain yep. is adapted yep. to flip this switch and say, okay, we're done. Like you're going to cause yep. permanent Cause it's damage. survival. It, your brain will do Not whatever it. it takes to live. This is survival. Like, just like you said, Jay, like, I'm glad I didn't die. If you had ran, maybe you would have died because your body would have eventually said, yeah, you hit your breaking point. I got to shut everything down. You were smart enough that's like, I'm doing this. I'm just going to walk this. Yeah. I'm going to okay. stop. And then it's fascinating to me because I've had a front row seat to this whole process. Now, real quick, you know, Kipchoge broke two hours. Yes, yes, yes. I know he did in the V. I'm saying he hasn't done it in a marathon by himself I without the okay. V, without everything else. I think he can do it without it. If we just fine tune this little equilibrium, I think he could do it with anybody, anytime, anywhere. That would be amazing. Um, okay, I want to back up just a little bit. And if you're okay sharing the story, uh, kind of, Please. can you get into how you started down this path, if you're willing to share the yes. story about your son yeah. and, and all that on how this kind of came to be in your fascination, possibly obsession with figuring this out. Good. And I consider you to be a genius now. And I think it's fascinating the way the whole thing started. Because so you, you've really, yeah. you've broken a field that um, very few people recognize. Like you're doing something that's yeah, and absolutely I, groundbreaking. And I, and I would argue that most people out there doing vestibular rehabilitation aren't doing it right or at all correct. And I was one of those doctors. I have been a doctor who's been practicing for 11 years. I have multiple degrees in postdoctorate degrees in functional rehabilitation of brains and injuries. And people use gyro stems, which I have at the office, right? It's the one in the state of Utah. I've been and in it's it. Not the gyro <laughs> yes, you have. And it's not the gyro stem that fixes these graviceptual imbalances. That only does the canals. So when I went into this, what James is talking about, so I was concussed as a 13-year-old, blacked out 18 hours of my life, had severe difficulty learning and focusing, um, impulsivity control, had none of it through high school. And luckily got my, somehow, somewhere by the grace of God, I got my brain to work and then it all functioned. And then I've been so intrigued by post-concussions because I've had 28 concussions. Um, blacked out multiple times, wakeboarding, where I'm underwater. Like, and so I'm like, now From I like got to worry about protein. Uh -huh. 
trying to be like come really good at uh, wakeboarding. Gotcha. And so, and yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> Just once though. <laughs> snowboarding. And so I was like, no, there has to be a way to rehab the brain fully. I believe that these athletes that have towel-based proteins, like I think you can change the brain. And I think you can rehab the brain so well that it will actually correct as if none of that trauma has happened. People will have scars, but you should still have full function. If it's recalibrated, because the brain does it itself. These people can't do it without the right input. Your brain can't heal itself. It repairs itself. And so I, three years ago or two years ago now, I had a child who was born with a genetic disorder. And they said he'd never walk. They said that he would probably be a crippled. He'd probably be in braces and uh, not to get emotional. But I watched my wife break and say, we can't have this be our son. And we, I remember we were coming up on the uh, Brigham Young University Stadium and there was a little girl walking with bilateral canes and my wife just lost it. And I just, that day was like, I'm done. I will find the law that governs the vestibular canal system and the odorless so that I can rehab scoliosis, um, walking issues, balance issues, whatever it takes. And I will not stop the rest of my wow. life. I find it. And that's what got me on this journey. So I looked in every book. I have about nine books on balance and vestibular, and there's this much on the Odalist out of nine books. And the stuff that's on the Odalist is like, yeah, it's literally three pages. One book, it's like 700 pages, it's two paragraphs. Well, it's just dumbfounding to me. Like, this is something that every person has, every person has to have it to move, and there's three pages on it. And so, go ahead, Jane. I feel confident in saying that um, he brought a gift to this world that yeah. that awoke something in you. And had had that gift never been brought to you, we may not be having this conversation. And you yeah. being on the cusp of being able to impact literally millions of people around the world that are struggling and don't know what the answer to that problem is. Have you, have you ever, it, have you ever taken a moment and just thought about it in that, that framework? Yes. My wife doesn't like that. Cause she's like, I don't want our kid being our Guinea pig. But <laughs> she also, she also has recognized it more than ever. I believe that I can correct all chronic pain anyway, because how it, if you can balance gravity, the chronic neck pain, the chronic shoulder issue, the chronic IT band, the chronic ankle. And I proved it. I proved it with over 150 top level athletes that were literally ready to turn in their cleats or their shoes and be like, my career's over. And we get them back to functioning not only better than the pre-injury, but they start PRing times that they never had even done, even in college. And it's like, all right, I proved it. I don't need to prove it to anybody else. Now it's how do I get this out to everyone? Well, James, you're, you're an example of that. Yeah, I am. And so before we get into my brain scans, I, I want you to tell you just your most like earth moving story where someone was like, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. I've completely lost hope. Then went through your protocol and your way of doing things. And what is, what was the result or the, what, what came of that? So I, I mean, it's hard to narrow down when you worked on so many patients, but the first one that came to mind was an individual that um, was going to give up their life 
the amount of Malde-Barkman syndrome. So that's like when you get on a boat and you get seasick on land. So it's land sickness mm-hmm. and it's this constant vertigo dizzy feeling. And they were done. They were like, uh, doctor, you're the last doctor. I've been to 13 doctors. No one can fix this. I've had this for eight to nine years. And this was two years ago. And they said, I'm just at a point where I'm going to take my life. And whenever it gets to that suicidal thought, that's when like all flags come up that this is a yeah. do or die moment for me as a clinician, right? They say, you're my last resort. And I'm like, oh, thanks for the pressure. No pressure. But I actually, I actually love the pressure because if I can find it, I can fix it, right? It was like seeing your brain. The moment I saw your findings, I was like, yep, I got it. And so this individual in six weeks had no more vertigo, dizziness, and mal debarkment. And I threw him in a gyro where he was like, you spin me, and I'm going to puke everywhere. I'm like, dude, you're not going to puke. I'm, I'm going to do this right, Crazy. right? And that's what I've realized. Everything I was trained and taught in the vestibular world, they taught me wrong. Uh, for the last two years, I've had to unteach what I've been taught in books and stories and come up with true knowledge based on specific findings, which is why I created the Cognero company. So I can assess exactly which breakdown is wrong and then create the brain exercises or the balance exercises or the otolithic exercises. And people laugh. Like I literally just created 34 brain exercises and I had a patient today or this week that she's had vertigo for eight years. And then already in four days, she's like, uh, this is like game changer for me. And it's the right exercise will make all the recalibration. It's not one exercise that works for everyone, right? I just created 34 new exercises and these are five little organs, right? So the number of variables, I mean, even just five to the fifth power, if you were activating each one individually in an order, in the right order, in the correct area, you have, I don't know, what is that? A lot, right? It's well over 600, right? It's probably yeah. arguably nine, 10,000. So there's an endless number. So that's why I think I can help everybody on earth because nobody escapes gravity. And I think most wheelchair people, it's a graviceptual thing. And everyone's, no, it's the genetics. And I'm like, yes, that you also told me my son with his genetics might not ever walk. And we don't know what he's going to do. And he runs around like a little I, I, I was just going to ask you, is he n- not just walking now, but he's running, right? Oh, yeah. Like he runs and he still has a little uh, like uh, his toe kicks in and he has a little gait uh, issue and he still has his scoliosis. But they wanted to do surgery on him right away and put rods in his back at six months because the scoliosis was close to a hundred degree curve. And we've been working on him now. He's two years old. He turns two in two weeks and we're not doing rods and we're going to start bracing him because he's improving so much. So we got to brace it, but the brain is changing and controlling that he's hitting every mile marker as a child. He's communicating, talking, and I think he'll have other than maybe a deformed chest because of the uh, birth defect. He'll be fantastic. I think he's going to, he's not going to push the 102 because I won't let him. So don't worry. But (laughs) I think going to like, I think he'll probably become one of the greatest swimmers um, in like college because I think endless. They say he can't ever do contact sports. So he won't be doing the boxing, but I'll get him to be a swimmer and a golfer and we will get him to have the best life ever possible. 
And, and they just say it's impossible. They say, I hear it all the time. It's impossible. I've had anxiety. I've had vertigo. I've had whatever it made, suicidal ideology. If you activate the brain right, you can change everything. So when I, when I came in, uh, you, you told me a story of a, a collegiate runner who had a condition and was never going to run again and the career was over. Yep. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yep. Yeah. Can you, can you, there's a lot of athletes that are listening to this podcast. Can you share that um, story real quick on, and what, what the condition yeah. was and then, and then now what the result is? Yeah. So this one was actually a collegiate athlete ran cross country in college female and had to give up the, the team because of an IT ban issue. And now has had multiple kids three years later and can't really run because the IT ban is still a problem. So this girl still pushes through it recreational but literally can't function or can't ever run in a half marathon because it's too painful. It took three days of a brain exercise and she couldn't run more than two. It had been like, it had gotten progressively worse to now she had to give up. Uh, she stopped running during COVID. She just hit the uh, bike because there was no pain on the bike. And I looked at it and I was like, if there's no pain on the bike, tell me how it could be an IT ban issue. You don't think you use your IT ban on a bike? Like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're lying to me. And she's like, well, it's the impact. And I'm like, do you stand up in your saddle? Like, do you get out of your saddle? And she's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, and it's not an IT band. It's when you're translating in your uh, running aspect that deactivates it. So we, I went on a run with her. Third mile in, it started hurting. We did a brain exercise. She went a fourth mile, started hurting. We did a brain exercise. She went a fifth mile. I said, do this exercise every day, five times a day. And in three days, she was running 10 to 12 miles with zero pain and is now able to push her PR, push her level of half marathons. And now she's like, I kind of, I, I can go for a marathon if I want now where she never could. And then my collegiate, like I had a, um, a gentleman who was 100 and 200, uh, like, arguably one of the fastest uh, kids in the Pac-12 uh, conference and struggle. And in an indoor 600, hit the wall, hit the wall. Like it ends and, and hit the wall. And then all of a sudden he's now in second slope, slower, a second and a half slower. And you know what that does to the psychology of an athlete. We always talk about athletes as if they're just mentally tough, but they're also mentally tough because they can push themselves. When you stop pushing an athlete, their depression anxiety comes out of the roof it just hits a level that because they can't push themselves at the level they could and so i hate well, when and, people and just to interrupt for a second but james you experienced that like when the 100 was over like you you went into a dark spot fast because yeah, you, you were pushing so hard and then all of a sudden it was it was like it wasn't even a taper down it was just done like there was no push. Yeah, I, I remember the documentary crew asked me somewhere in the 90s. They're like, how many do you think you could do? And I was like, 200, no problem. And then day 102 happens. And I was like, I don't know how to organize my socks. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to drive down the freeway by myself. And Sonny, where are you? <laughs> kind of thing. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I can really empathize with that and having having gone through that. And, and I think it's the same for anybody that's, gone through any military trauma or PTSD or relationship issues, um, all of those. And, and we're walking around in, as a society struggling with all these different things and concussions. And 
So maybe, maybe touch on a little bit about, cause we, we buy, I think we buy, I've bought into this belief that my brain is what it is. And I, I, it's, it's not like a muscle that I can grow and change and flex and do all these things. And you've completely changed my perception on that as to that. It, it, it's almost like it's an infinite amount of growth and, and rewiring that can happen true or false and elaborate on that. True. Cause what, I think the biggest lie people are saying now is like, oh, you damaged this area, let's reroute it. And I would argue, yes, we can reroute it to get you function, but let's blast through it and see if we can reconnect it. Because I read a paper that showed in centurions, people over a hundred years, 90 to a hundred, that there's this area in your brain called the corpus callosum that gets the two pathways to work. And it's still making new neurons. The only problem is where you see Alzheimer's and dementia is when you burst a new neuron, if you don't connect to it, it's never going to change. And no drug, no nutrition can connect pathways. All the drugs on there are blockers or excitatory. They're just inhibitors or they're uh, boosters, but nothing can connect pathways. You can't take a drug and connect a pathway. The only way you can do that is to drive the pathway. And you have these 12 cranial nerves that reflexively activate certain things and you can use. So here's a fun one. This is like what you're asking, like what's the wowest one? I had a gentleman 12 years post-stroke, could not lift his arm and shake the hand. It was completely done. And in six months, 12 years, they say, if you don't fix it in one year, you're not getting anything back. In 12, in six months, he talked like this and in six months he was talking like this and he could make complete sentences and keep it going and raise his arms to here versus only to here and could open and close his hand and they say it's impossible couldn't see he he could now have function to raise his arm above his head above his head he couldn't button this he couldn't get his hand to here to button and he goes now i can get my hand to hold it to allow this to button So think about someone who's lived 12 years by the service of his spouse versus now he's more independent. Think of what that does, the psychology of a a man, right? Or a woman or whatever it is. So it's it's been fascinating to watch. Do do you know by chance the number or percentage of people walking around just the United States that are dealing with either concussion uh, issues or uh, chronic illness and pain that you believe could be impacted and affected by this type of therapy? Um, I don't know the number off of hand. Uh, Some of the research that I saw said that a good solid 15, 20% of people are walking around with post-concussion syndrome. I would argue, and this will tick off everybody, and I don't even care because I have 7,000 proof patients proving it. I believe all anxiety is a neurological case. It is all a concussion untreated. You don't know where you are in space. So the panic disorder increases. It's the number one thing I treat in this clinic is anxiety and panic disorders. And it's always a concussion untreated. And everyone gets mad, except the therapists and psychologists that know me, that refer me their patients when talk therapy doesn't work. If you have been talk therapy longer than six months and you are still dealing with anxiety or you're on a medication and you're keeping having to increase that dosage, that's a neurological thing. And it's always gravity. I've never seen it not gravity. 
and that could be PTSD. One of the coolest, I'm a part of a nonprofit organization called Reborn Heroes. And it's one of my favorite ones because it's all previous ex-military with PTSD. And the research shows that PTSD, all PTSD have a vestibular concomitant. And that vestibular is that balance I'm talking about. They have great balance, but their brain doesn't know where they weren't. So they, they react. Why do two um, military ops go out? They have the same experience, same trauma. One comes back with PTSD and one does not. One has a vestibular issue and the other one does not. Mm. And we've treated these where people like literally couldn't function without like being in high, like I want to kill, I want to like, like if it wasn't high extreme, he had no joy. And now this uh, man is married, has four kids and lives a civilian life and is happy and can sit down and relax. So. It's amazing you say that. We've, we've got a couple clients, good friends of ours. I shouldn't say clients, good friends of ours that one of them made the comment. Um, he was a SEAL Team 6 guy. And he said for him, it wasn't PTSD. It was what he calls LTSD. It was lack of traumatic stress. Because when he had traumatic yep. stress, he he, lost, he worked great. Everything worked. He yep. was fine. He would be calmer. His heart rate would go down. But as soon as he didn't have traumatic stress, his life was just a train wreck. And so he would create drama. He would fight with his wife. He would... Yep. Because his brain was so honestly just yep. out of whack that he 100%. had to have stress to feel normal. And that's what we deal with with our firefighters and our police officers as well. They don't know how to function in a non-stress response. It's all or nothing. And they have to be ready in that all or nothing. So when there's nothing, it's like, wait, that's not how I function. I work, I work in this environment. So it makes it hard on them. Okay, so I took you at your word that you could change my life and turn me back into a functioning human being again. And um, yep. you were so gracious and kind to get me in. I know you have a at least a six month wait list to get in because the and that should speak volumes to the impact that you're having that you can't get to see this this man and you're literally one of the only or the only person in the world doing this type of treatment because you basically invented it and figured it out because of the the gift of your son. Now, so I, so fast forward, I go into your clinic and, and now walk us through kind of the tests that you do. And I can't remember the numbers. So share them the normal, after you explain what the treatment is and maybe the test and share what you can and feel comfortable sharing, um, explain what normal eye movement is and then what mine was at. And, yeah. and then, and then, and then the process that we went through after that to, for me to get my life back to where this morning I ran a, um, a full hour pain-free which I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should see his face. <laughs> so uh, so uh, real quick, this is a really cool thing because I actually believe, James, the reason you didn't call me in November the year before in 2021 is because I didn't have the exercises I have now. Hmm. I believe there's always a perfect timing and your case was so severe. And if you had come a year ago, I wouldn't have fixed you the way we fixed you because I didn't know what I currently know. And that would have done you a disservice because then you would have left and been like, he's just like every other guy who thinks he knows that he can help me and he really couldn't do crap. Mm -hmm. And I feel that burden every day as a practitioner because like you said, I'm arguably one of the only doctors that does what I do. And that is a arrogant comment at the same time, it's also a very honest comment because there's probably 
2,000, maybe 3,000 practitioners like me with the same certifications, the same board uh, studies and everything. But if I've created over 150 brain exercises specific to this graviceptual thing, unless someone else is in the random place of the world building the same exercises, there isn't anybody that does what I do with the way that I do it. And so you're right, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant like I'm the end all be all. I think I refer people to a ton of other doctors. It's just sad when they don't get better, they come to me because, and it's always one of these graviceptual brain exercises. And that's why I built Cognero. So right now, if someone wanted to do what I do, they could build Cognero, get a Cognero headset and have the exercises. I created a system that literally assesses and gives you the therapy at the exact same thing, like as if I was in the room, it's based on laws. It's not this, well, maybe this will work. It's like 100%, here's the law. Here's the finding, here's the brain exercise. Here's this finding that changes that. So, so, take, your, so, take us, go ahead. so take us through the finding that you found with me. That's what I'm doing. And explain yep. the headset virtual reality test that I went through. Yep. And, and, and you're, you're, you're going right where I was going. So when James comes in, we do a base assessment of eye function because eyes are the only sensory organ to activate every part of the brain. So we do 10 tests. So there's a darkness. So in darkness, I can see more about this graviceptual thing than anything else. And there's a lot of eye tests out there. And there are a lot of other companies and they're great. And that's what I designed mine off of, learning from them. And I tried to figure out what was missing. So the eye test in the dark, that your eyes shouldn't move. And in 15 seconds, you had moved 35 times, which is a tall tale sign of a concussion untreated. And we know you crashed in the, um, what was it? Mile 59 or day 59. Day 59. Yep. Day 59. But why did you stop running on day nine or 11 is I think it goes back to the major fall that you saw in the 50-50-50 when you were asleep and hit the curve and crashed. Yeah. That one was so funny. Wiped out. I just love you. So you shouldn't sleep on a bike. I tell him all the time. <laughs> Such a bad idea. <laughs> so, um, so when I like repetitive concussions is, is a bigger problem than a prime, like a one-time concussion. So the more concussions you have, the worse it gets. That's why for me, having 28 concussions, I was more determined to rehab my brain than anything else. And so with the assessment, we looked at your eyes and in the dark, you moved 35 times. But then when you focused on the dot, you actually held your target pretty good. Like your gaze fixation was good. But there was three tests that were arguably the worst I've ever seen in this clinic to the point where I was like, dude, this is atrocious. And I was so happy that it was so atrocious because if I can't find it, I can't fix it. Like I have no problem telling someone come in first day, all their tests are normal. And I'm like, I can't help you. You don't have the breakdown that I correct. So congratulations, go somewhere else. I have no problem with that. I do not think I'm the end all be all unless it's gravitational, then I kind of do. <laughs> and that's because of what I've seen. And I love that your face just got so excited. <laughs> that was amazing. So the, worst, the worst one in James's test was actually when he follows his eyes up and down. So tracking. So think what he's doing in an arrow position on a bike. What are yeah. those eyes doing? Up and down. Like the whole time. And the, when you go up and down, your eyes should not go sideways at all. Like the number should be zero. He had 130 horizontal eye movements. 
Holy and if you move that many times, you use up all your dopamine. And your dopamine is your drive, your ambition, and severe depression. And what's crazy, what it taught me, like my, the honor that I love working with James was seeing, how could you be that broken and you still did it? Amazing. Like if anybody feels that their weakness is going to prevent them from becoming something or doing something, James Lawrence, Dying Cowboy proved a total different story. And I think that's the hope that I've always loved about James, but it's just next level gangster. When you look at a test that I'm seeing patients that are in their bed, depressed, suicidal, no motivation, and their movements are like 40 and he's at 130, like four almost three, four times more. And I'm like, Jay, like you just blew my mind, like literally blew my mind. And then he comes back three weeks later and he goes, I don't feel any difference. I feel even probably worse. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at your <laughs> test, Jay. And I look at his test and the 135 goes to 42. And I'm like, oh, Jay, don't even sweat. Like it takes time to rehab a brain. Your brain's in survival mode. So if you give something new, it's not going to adapt to that new thing until it's been wired because it's too dangerous for the brain. That's how people get stuck in these fight or flights. These are these panic disorders. These are these anxiety disorders. You got to change the brain consistently to get it to change. Okay. And so I, I'm, I'm going I'm to make fun of myself right now for a second. Cause I did, I was pissed and I came in and I'm like, these exercises this guy's giving me are a joke. I'm like holding a, a vibrating toothbrush to my throat and gargling. And I've got this painting stick and I'm walking forward and I'm looking at beads on a, on a string. And I'm like, this guy is a joker and he's just ripping everybody off. And, and then, and then, it's, and then I, and then I start thinking again and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been falling off my bike for a decade and putting myself through arguably some pretty big trauma and I can't expect to be fixed in two weeks. And I have clients all the time that are like, look, I've gotten fat over 10 years. And why didn't I get skinny in two weeks? And so I, I fell prey and victim to that mentality of like, look, it takes time to make changes in our lives. And we're in a society today where we're like, now, I want it right now. I want change now. I'm not willing to put in the work. I, I'm not willing to make those sacrifices to be a better person. And that's the life that we live. And, and, and we're experiencing yep. that. I felt... I felt guilty to that and pray to that because I was like, no, you've literally fallen off your bike 10 times. You probably have at least 10 concussions and then stack on the trauma of the 50 and the 100 and all these things that you've done. Yeah, we're not going to fix you in two weeks. And so to have that improvement from <clears throat> that first test to the second test where I was like a little, <clears throat> a little, I won't say the word because <laughs> this is a family show, but I came in like a little diva and, and, and you're like, stay the course. We've already seen a 30% increase in your brain's malleability and, and taking, and I was just like, oh, okay. And then you started to see like personality change already in me. And your assistant was like, he's a different person already. And then I came in a third time. And then what, what did we discover? So the third time he comes in and every test was normal, like totally perfect, except one. So I changed the brain exercise. I have created over 2,300 different brain exercises. I don't live in a world that is one size fits all. That's BS. Right. There is no two humans on this earth are the same. So what James Lawrence needs to fix his brain is different than what Ty's gonna need. 
than what John needs. And so I changed one exercise and then the test went perfect right after because you can pre and post check. You can see a brain change in 45 seconds. And everyone's like, you really think I just do this exercise and your brain's going to get better? I'm like, yeah, watch. And then we did another one and it got worse. And I was like, CJ, that exercise will screw you. You do that exercise, <laughs> you literally make your brain worse. And sometimes that exercise that's making them worse is their daily routine, right? People scrolling on phones. Like I've had people with vertical optic kinetics. I'm like, dude, don't scroll through your phone for the next six weeks or you're going to never heal. And they're like, okay. what? Okay, this brings, up, this brings up an amazing point in today's day and age about the people you hang around with, the content that we consume, and how fragile and influenced our brain can be. If one little brain exercises makes us worse and one little brain exercise makes us better, how important now is the environment that we live in, the people that we associate with, the habits and activities that we choose to do on a daily basis, right? Because yep. from what I'm learning today and the experiences that I've had with you is this, we have one brain. We have one, one. brain and it's so incredibly powerful and influenced both for good and bad, depending on our environment. And I, I love that. And I want to wake everybody's consciousness up to the fact that like, Let's look at our surroundings. Let's look at the activities that we're engaging in. Let's look at the people that we're engaging and interacting with. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that ring true to you as well? Very much to the T. And the hardest part is, is people think, you know, mental grit and self-talk is going to be the only answer. And I would argue you're one of the most gritty humans I've ever met. And yet that never fixed your brain. So, and fixing your brain and still being a lazy turd, even getting a brain to work. If you're a turd, you're a turd. Sorry. Like, <laughs> get this. They're probably not listening to this podcast. Yeah, that's not our audience. <laughs> They're not listening to this podcast. But I always think, I always think of like the, like skiing with two poles or like us hiking and doing our fifties together, right? Like these are, these are hiking poles. You're better off with both than you ever are with one. And that's what we're trying to do is you have the self-talk and you put a stable brain in, you are unbreakable, unbreakable, Amazing. And no and, matter what you face. And I know my wife, Sunny, had an opportunity to come in and she's preparing um, to, to conquer one of her demons, the, the, the marathon and qualifying for Boston. And she's had that, that IT band issue that, that, that you've talked about that is neurological, right? And um, just yesterday, she had an amazing run and she could not stop talking about it because she was like, I can't believe it. I was pain free that whole time. And then I finished the run and now I'm pain free and it's the evening time now and I'm still pain free. And so like, she was just so excited because she feels like she had overcome that demon. And now she's doing all the other things too, the, the muscle therapy and the yep. putting the time and the work and the energy on the treadmill, yep. doing the, the speed work. And she's doing all of the yep. other things, right? We can't just fix our brain and sit on the couch like a turd, like you just said. It takes yep. all of that other action and everything to, to, to do that. Now, there's going to be a lot of people listening right now that goes, oh, great. Good for you, James. You've got access to this doctor in your backyard. He's six months backed up. I live in Virginia. This doesn't help me. Well, don't worry, everybody. We've got exciting news. And John, you've, you work part-time in the clinic because this passion project of yours is evolving and you've created something because your mission isn't just to help local Utah people. Your mission is to help everybody and give everybody access. And that's been the biggest problem is like this type of treatment. People are like, Oh, it's only for the select few. It's only for the elite. And what about us? You know, all these other things. And, yep. and so that's why I, I one, I love you so much for 
your willingness to come up with this and and give this gift to the world. What have you created and what's the journey that you're embarking on now that's going to give everybody access to this type of thing, if you're willing to share? Yes, I would love to. Um, we actually were just in Texas at a ophthalmology seminar showing this headset that assesses it and then creates the brain exercises. And we're working through the business aspect right now. We're currently in 10 other offices other than my current one. So if you were to call my office and say, hey, like, where are your other clinics? Then you could go to those locations and get the assessment and the brain exercises and whatever else that doctor offers. The ultimate goal for me is to eventually people could actually just rent Cognero and I can ship it. They could do the assessment, create the brain exercises for all their loved ones in their home and they ship it back. We just haven't figured out that detail yet, but that is in the works. And our goal is to take it to all the world because I was just in Texas and my best friend in high school's wife has had a hip issue for arguably three years. And she's just like, I've been everywhere. I go to my chiropractor, I adjust it, it's great, but it doesn't do anything. And I was there, so I was like, hey, do this brain exercise. And she's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, well, do something that feels painful. And she does it. And she's like, yeah, right there, it's painful. I'm like, all right, do this brain exercise. We did it 15 times. And I was like, now turn and tell me what you feel. And she's like, you gotta be kidding me. There's no way that works. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Come tomorrow and I'll show you on your test. So she came by the conference and we tested her and she's like, uh, John, you don't need to test me. Um, I've been doing your exercise and I don't have any more pain. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I want it with everyone. I want it, I want it with everyone, not because like people always, they grow businesses. People think, oh, just for money. And then for this, this cause is way bigger than any of that because I want everyone the access to these brain exercises. And as I keep making new exercises, I keep entering them into the algorithm and keep changing the algorithm because it's based on specific scientific law. It's not just like, well, maybe this will work. Like if you can find it, you can fix it. So that's the hope, get it to all the world. And it might be at a local place there, or we're at a place now where people can fly and come get assessed here and then fly home. Come out here, ski, come enjoy Utah. And you, my six-month waiting list just shrunk because you don't have to see me to get better. You can come in, do the fair assessment, get the brain exercises, and go, right? Or have a conference and host Jay and I, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, show you what it's like. It doesn't matter to me. And, so. and just so people know, it, once again, your company's Cogneuro. So C-O-G-N-U-R-O, correct? Cognero.com. You can look at it. I don't have a lot of data, a lot of information out there. And like, even you guys said, well, on the website, you don't have anything. The reason why I don't have a lot of education out there is because my waiting list is too long. And the moment I talk about it, my six month waiting list becomes a year waiting list, but we're always taking new patients. I don't, I believe I'm here to help people. I'm never giving up that hat. Um, I'm just trying to now solve a, a solution to help multiple people. Some Make of the offices scalable. that are around, yep, there's an office down in Arizona and that doctor is like, I've never seen these types of changes. My patients are getting better results than I ever have. And he's been in practice 10 years and it's just so exciting. And it's a win-win for the patients down there and it's a win for his office. So if, so. I, if, I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, one, the first phase of this is obviously here in Utah, your, your clinic working with you. An extension of that is is branching out into 
affiliate clinics that is teaching your same thing. And the end goal of this is to send the eye scan virtual headsets to somebody. They take this uh, test, they send it back. It gets analyzed by a team of professionals and then a protocol gets delivered to them that they can just follow the video uh, brain uh, sequences in the app and they can completely do it from their privacy of their own homes. Yeah, and right now it doesn't have to get analyzed by doctors. It's perf it's perfectly algorithmic to findings. So as soon as they run the test, by the time they push the end button, it's already populated all their brain exercises. Then they can do it, retest 10 minutes later and say, yep, those are your exercises or nope, that finding didn't change. It will tell you the next exercise to do and retest. It is so automated. It is arguably the scariest, coolest thing I would virtually say on the human planet for healing the chronic issues Absolutely. versus having to see a doc or anything else. You know, and so, it's, it's so just funny. assessing. So I'm just sorry to interrupt, John. I, I'm just sitting here in my mind, and I don't know why it's never clicked for me because we've always because we you, little... you have brain problems, yeah, exactly <laughs> major ones. But I've, we've always said, you know, motion will change your emotion, and movement will change your mood. So doing a physical exercise will change your moods. But and everybody believes that, and we all buy that. But no one ever connected the other way that by being able to work on your brain, I could fix my physical body. Like I mm -hmm. absolutely astounded by that. And and obviously amazing data behind it. It's phenomenal. When, when do yes. you think that that level of accessibility will be available? Meaning the app, you can order a headset, do the testing. Is that, is that close? Is that realistic? Where, where are you at with that, John? The app and the, all the plan and everything that's already like live. The one question would be the demand and how the logistics of sending out. Let's say there's a thousand people that all of a sudden want it. How do I get it to those thousand people? That's the only, that's the only hangup. Hey, uh, so, there's a show on TV called Shark Tank. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, and they throw money at people that have ideas. So if anybody's listening, actually, I know the casting director um, for Shark Tank. I'll, I'll actually reach out to her um, because I think if we can get you in front of some angel investors, um, I, I think that could, could be incredibly uh, beneficial and life-changing. I, I know it changed my life. I know it impacted my, my, my wife. And I, and I want to get it out to as many, many people as we can. Um, yeah, just, just humbled to, to be, be on this journey with you and, and, and can't thank yeah. you and, and your son, um, for coming to this earth with, with a condition that, that kind of shook you and, and, and allowed you and you, and your big brain to, to create this and the, the, you know, and it, and I joke, say big brain, but you really have a big heart, um, because the, the, your willingness and the sacrifice that you sacrifices that you've made just to, just to help um, people, people that are struggling. And, and as I travel around the world and speak, it's literally the number one thing that I see is people are just stuck in their own head. They believe they're, they're going to be chronically ill for the rest of their life. And you, mm -hmm. sir, are a gift and a solution for, for so many people. And you're, you're going to join me in my quest to give people hope around the world. Yep. And I hope we're going to continue to have that impact. And so I'm super grateful for you. Um, where, where can, where can people find you? So I am located in Orem, uh, Utah. You can go to brainrehabclinic.com um, or you can go to cognero.com and do some um, read up and other things. 
Um, but I have so much information out there. I have a YouTube channel that just educates. I just love educating. My favorite thing is to teach people because if you teach them, they know what to do, right? The exercise might seem weird, but if I explain it from no, a trust me, standpoint. the exercise is going to seem <laughs> weird. There's, there's no question. I, I, I was doing it in the airport one day and I guarantee you, I got looked sideways by half the people there. And I was yep. like, doesn't matter. I'm becoming superhuman. Then you can just sit there yep. and, and, and yeah. be a turd on the seat. So, because I, I know John. And you don't. <laughs> and, and even for me, like this morning, I ran my fastest half marathon PR at five this morning, five minutes faster. Wow. And I've been working on an equilibrium thing that I have a shoulder pain that when I hit mile nine, the shoulder tightens. And that's a gravity thing. So I created a new brain exercise trying to figure out my own brain. And I five minute PR'd my half marathon this morning. Congrats, man. That's, that's huge. That's exciting, and that's huge. And I'm excited to cheer you on at Mount Charleston uh, Marathon. You do yeah. the same one that my wife is doing. I, I just want to touch base before we let, let you go. Um, in the brain scans and everything, you mentioned to me that uh, because of my bike crash, my brain thought that I was continually crashing. Falling forward. Yeah. Fall, falling forward. And, th and, and that's yeah. the reason why. And, and because, so for anybody that's been in a crash, been in an accident, had those concussions, um, I want you to, to have that bit of hope. Um, Cause again, I never thought I'd run again. I, I, I was, I'd wake up every morning and I'd be in pain. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify for Boston at a race here in Utah and join my wife and John also on the start line in Boston, 2024. Yeah. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, I feel like I've got my life back. And so I know I've said it before, but I just want to express extreme gratitude for you and, and the, the work that you do and the sacrifice that you put in. Um, I truly believe it's going to impact literally millions of people around the world. And, and this show is about grit, but it's also about legacy. And I, and I believe you're going to leave a way, a, a, a legacy. And it's, it's, you will truly never know the wake that you leave behind you and the amount of people that you're going to impact. And I challenge everybody listening to this to not only be as gritty as you can and show up because that's what we love and, and, and how we thrive, but to leave that legacy, that type of John Hatch legacy to where you just show up every single day, you sacrifice, you grind, and you work as hard as you can to benefit other people's lives. And one day you're going to look back and the wake and the influence and the impact is going to be so great that you will fall to your knees in humility and thank the powers that be for the opportunity that you had and the gifts that you you were given and with no regret that you didn't share those with people. So thank you, John. Thanks, John, so much. Amazing. Amen. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, everybody. This is The Grit Show. Tyrell and James signing off. Stay ready.